You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. This episode is sponsored by LSW Mindcards. Click the link in the description to find out how you can become more mindful of your thoughts and feelings and get the tools that you need to take back control of your happiness, focus on the present and spread positivity throughout your life. So we talked about the previous decade, but to quote JFK, he who looks to the past will certainly miss the future. So let's talk about the future. What do we think is going to happen in the next 10 or so years, these things could be things that are personal to you. These could be things that might seem really impossible, but as we know, the world is so hard to predict. And I would like to go back maybe 10 years time and say, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? And things that we, you know, feel right now could happen. Well, for sure, we can definitely be certain that we're gonna see many more remakes of our favorite films. I think uh, there's no escape from that. I think that, uh... If, that, if there was a bet on that, I would put a lot of money on that, let's just say. So you say that because Disney is a massive one right now. They've started to remake some of their older classics like Beauty and the Beast was one. They made that Maleficent films as well as they've made Lion King. And I can see other cult classic uh, for children's music especially. Things like Matilda will all be remade at some point for a newer younger audiences out there for the years to come because when you look at some of these films from the 90s 80s 70s films that uh, ben darby and myself have all grown up with they are old haven't stood the test of time look at the goonies for example like i watched that recently and watching that back is hard on the ears they just they don't act they scream and it's hard to listen to after a while but as a kid i loved the film yeah age i mean sets light on things in a different way that especially um you know things that you liked as a kid you see differently as an adult uh and i think that yeah we may relook at some of the things we said here in 10 years time and say hang on why on earth did we think that was going to happen <laughs> uh so i think it's important of that but uh, yeah, there are some things that are going to be more certain you know technologies will progress um artists will retire um some people may die you know that's kind of the way the world works so uh yeah i mean the more interesting bits is when we talk about things that um are more futuristic in the sense that you know it may it may happen it may not you know will we will we see alien life you know will there be a confirmation of alien life next 10 years who knows um will we make it to mars uh, as a manned mission you know those are all really interesting stuff, especially when you talk about space, because that's all kind of so unknown and, and really only becomes known when you find it. So you never know what quite is around the corner. Well, I think alien life probably won't be confirmed uh, this decade. And I'm not trying to like shun anyone's predictions, but I think a nice little debate on, on people's is, is um, in order. And I feel like humanity hasn't grown enough to accept other life forms out there, if that makes any sense. I think we we still struggle with what people perceive of what is right and wrong between people and how they and people's feelings and, and emotions that still people can't really put it in words. We already said about same sex marriage. That was twenty fifteen. You know, are we saying in another ten years, so in twenty twenty five for example, or twenty twenty nine, we can accept sorry, a different species? I just can't see it. I think maybe there might be already confirmed, but I just don't see people telling us about this race. Mm. You think it's going to be a government cover-up in their Absolutely. Area 51? They're already here. 
Absolutely. As uh, people come to know, I love a conspiracy. I actually have a book. Of, uh, I actually have four or five books on, on different conspiracy theories. And I think a life is out there. Do I think we could in, um, that the government will interact with it this decade? Possibly. Do I think uh, common folks like us? Absolutely. Well, I think with all of the private space like interaction that we're having now, like with uh, with uh, Elon Musk and his his space car exploration, I think that uh, our interaction with space is not being as controlled by the government anymore. And I think that there's a real potential that even if um, the governments did try to cover something up, we would still have access to it through some other private means, like some company, Elon Musk wannabe, just stumbling into an alien civilization. Well, Virgin Galactic is already a um, thing. It's already set up. They're already doing test flights. So in the next decade, we will see human flights into space. We will see people paying to go on holiday to go and see space. Um, how far into space is still really unknown. Uh, but, you know, the edge of the atmosphere is sure a possibility at this point um, with the current testing they've done. So there's chances that things might be seen. Who knows? Obviously, there's that whole other political conversations about this that we could have a whole episode really talking about um, space and, um, yeah, what will happen, what won't happen. Um, but yet again, bringing it back, you know, there are things we know that are going to happen. Amazon spending more money on um, on drone technology and trying to not only find a more cost-effective way for them to do deliveries and keep a business going and grow, but to um, reach people uh, quickly um, in areas where they would have had to have waited a long time for deliveries, in rural areas specifically. And that's where drone technology will really become useful. Speaking of Amazon, I think that they will cause the bankruptcy of some big box stores such as Walmart who will be unable to compete as more and more people buy their goods for cheap online. They've been saying that for years though. But people still like going into stores, especially for things like groceries and garden furniture and, you know, Walmart guns and things like that. You know, there are still many things that stores like this provide as services that Amazon will always be on the back foot with because there are many people who still like to go and feel products and go and see products. Uh, many people, me included, don't really enjoy grocery shopping online that much because it actually doesn't save that much time and you like to see what's available and see what's a good choice. So I think there's there's the possibility that that might not happen. Uh, Martin. Yeah, I see. So you've sort of stole my thunder there, Ben. I was going to say, this possibility has been talked about the last sort of six years. I still remember we did a podcast on this in 2014, I believe, 2014, 2015. We spoke about uh, Amazon's dream as, they, as it was portrayed. However, like I said, we're like five years down the line. I've still not set a drone in the sky delivering me any packages, and I can't see that happening anytime soon. And I still feel people have this personal touch out to see the product. It always reminds me of in America, there's this sort of a cookie dough mix. And when it first came out, you know, all you have to do is just put it in the oven, bang, you've got cookies. But people didn't really like that. They sort of felt that you were cheating. So as soon as they said, just add an egg. But some people, you know, do like that sort of personal touch. And I can't see it happening too much. But for people who are in rural areas, 
in in America and the vastness of Canada, for sure this could be a reality for them. Martin, do you have any thoughts on um, anyone uh, in the music industry that might um, have a new achievement or uh, may say farewell? Okay, yeah, so I'll give you an achievement, I feel, and like you said, I know I spoke about this beforehand, who, who will no longer be producing music. The first one is Taylor Swift. I think it's undeniable now that she is just absolutely killing it. I think she's the first person to go double platinum uh, this year, as well as uh, she's had the top number one single four consecutive times, so every f single she's released has been top of the chart straight off. It is an incredible record. She's already sold 44 million units worldwide, and that's only landed at number 33 at the moment. But to breach into that top 10, which I feel like she will achieve in the next nine or so years, is Pink Floyd with 75 million. So realistically, you're looking for like a, a double of what she's already achieved. And in a space of this decade, she's already achieved it once. So why not just do it again? And the person who I feel like will re retire this year is an icon and a phenom herself, that is Madonna. I feel really horrible to say this. I feel like she's been a main staple of the music industry since her arrival with Like a Virgin, and I believe that was in the 1980s. So to say that this is going to be the, the end of the road after 40-odd years, I, I can see it. She recently had a performance in America where she just lost it. Her voice just went, it just broke on her. And she also um, stopped some touring dates as well for a new album. And I can definitely see uh, the woman just slowly having this, like maybe like a retirement tour, a bit like Elton John's going through right now. She is 61. I still think she has a couple of songs in her, but I think by 2029 we'll be saying her, her farewell. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. There's, there's many points there. I've seen those. Um, as well, I've seen the footage um, of Madonna's recent stuff, and it's it's not great. Um, I think the the next decade will see a rise of a new star. Um, you know, whether it's um, obviously people that are already rising. Um, Billie Eilish is um, a good one there, but I think we will see someone who we don't even know about yet. Someone who we wouldn't be even able to mention. Um, you know, especially with social media and and apps like TikTok becoming so popular people becoming re really famous relatively quickly. And I think that um, there is a very strong chance that um, there will be someone in the next decade who will outdo anyone who we've seen in terms of how quickly they rise to fame and how big their fame is. Um, I think that um, there will be a newcomer in the next decade. When you say it like that, the first person that comes to mind is Justin Bieber. You know, he started on YouTube and became this massive internet sensation. And with our previous episode, we talked about people using Zoom to do smaller concerts. Even that could become a massive factor in between someone's uh, rise to stardom. And, and for sure, I feel like this is going to be, I, I think there's going to be a, a new star for the decade. And I definitely could see someone who could probably take over the world with their music. Speaking of taking over the world's Darby, I know that you, you were talking about a, a corporation that were going to uh, 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 buy uh, something quite big. What was it? Uh, Will Disney become the next world superpower? I mean, aren't they already? I think that uh, Disney is going to continue acquiring more and more in terms of entertainment superpowers. And I think that one of their next big steps will be to branch out into unrelated video streaming services. 
and they're going to start acquiring competitors such as Netflix. Um, I actually had a thought about this when, when you um, when you spoke about this originally. They've just released Disney Plus uh, to sort of not combat Netflix, but to obviously take away some of their audiences. I feel like what they're trying to do is sort of weaken Netflix to a certain point so it makes the deal a bit more easier and smoother for them to take over Netflix. At first, when you wrote this down, I'll be fully honest with you, I thought, hey, good afternoon, I mean, like Netflix are a juggernaut. But in other media, that Disney have always done this. They've launched something of their own product to combat what they already want to buy and then buy it when it's on its knees and, and, and need some sort of financial boost in. I mean, Ben, haven't you told me many times how Netflix didn't make money for a really long time? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure on the numbers today, but for a very long time, um, Netflix was was essentially bleeding money. Um, because it's in a very expensive service to run, and especially when you're talking about uh, licensing and rights to things, um, it can be very costly, which is why Netflix um, moved to the model of making more things themselves. There are Netflix movies, there are Netflix TV shows, uh, and a lot of these times, actually Netflix wasn't behind the development at all. They just got in there early enough to be able to buy the rights and buy the movie outright because they figured that that's actually cheaper than trying to license it from the movie companies later on who want essentially an arm and a leg um, for it. And that's what makes movie um, and these kind of platform subscription services um, so costly for a lot of companies is the actual licensing. So that's why you'll see a lot of these companies push their own content over pushing um, other people's that they've hosted um, because they want you to stay for their own shows because that's what they can easily make. And it's been interesting to see um, how this has grown. Uh, annoyingly, I think that it's turned from Netflix being the the way to go to stop you having the TV subscription packages which cost you an arm and a leg and you've got to have this certain subscription to have these channels. So now it's becoming the same thing essentially now in the digital world where if you haven't got Disney Plus, you're missing out on these shows. If you haven't got Netflix, you're missing out on these shows. If you haven't got Amazon Prime, you're missing out on these shows. So we've gone from having the choice now really really to just being in the same situation where you've still got to pay a lot a month if you want to have all these channels again. So it's really annoying. When Netflix came out, it was more of, here's the future, everything's in one place. You have the subscription, you have access to all these shows. It's kind of not working like that anymore, and that's frustrating. So it's possible that maybe if Disney did start acquire their streaming competitors... Then maybe I'd get my wish, yeah. It would actually be beneficial for the consumer. Because everything would be under one package again. This is assuming that they then don't charge the Earth for it. Oh, you know they would, though. So you know we'd they be would. in the same boat anyway. Okay, so I'm going to move away from sort of technology and uh, entertainment to a new sort of entertainment, and that's in football, uh, one of my lifetime passions. And I've gone with a real bold statement here, and I'm going to go with English teams will dominate the Champions League and Europa League competitions. Now... I don't know either of you to really follow much about football at all, or I. No, but that's fine. Talk for England about football. So here we go. I'll, I'll leave it real brief and then we'll move on to my, my next point after this. But last year saw Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool take on in an all English affair in the Champions League. In the Europa League, we had Chelsea taking on Arsenal. Obviously, all four of those teams are English. And it got me to think that this is something that I could see happening more often. I think out of the next uh, 10 competitions, I think we're going to probably see an all-English affair, at least in 
one of these competitions four times. I'm going to go over a real bold statement, not, not once or twice. I think we'll have an all-English affair in one of these competitions four times. Namely, the ones I go with is Manchester City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, all of which I've got the, the absolute boatloads of money behind them and, and can afford to pay for the competition and to pay for the best players out there. However, this doesn't mean England uh, has rejoiced in a World Cup win that's not going to happen. I still think there'll be more years of hurt. In honest, uh, in my honest opinion, I can actually see teams like the US and even China winning the World Cup before England. And that's purely because America have such a great knack of winning athletics. You know, you look at the Olympics, they dominate it with, alongside the Russians and again with the Chinese. And the Chinese uh, Super League has grown strength for strength buying some of the most world-renowned players and very famous players out there. And their leagues are only getting better and better as time passes on. I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing the US and the Chinese dominate in the men's game, uh, whereas the ladies' game, I still think we're going to be under the rule of the uh, US women's team, who are just excellent and just produce some of the most fantastic footballer players I've ever seen in my life, not just in men's league, but of all time. I feel like that's going to be a continuation. I have a prediction for sports. As someone mm-hmm. who does not watch sports at all, this is more of a hope than a prediction, I guess. I would love it if the Olympics would make Quidditch an Olympic sport. I would watch the Olympics if they played Quidditch. That would be awesome. Okay. Are we talking... Are we talking actual Quidditch where they're flying about? Are we talking about like modern day Quidditch where people just got bruised between their legs and just running around the field? You know what? I think either would be fantastic. I think one's more achievable than the other, let's be honest here. But oh my sure, God. why not? I want it so bad. Let's start a campaign. Okay. Well, talking about Harry Potter, um, I think we're pretty uh, certain of getting another Harry Potter spin off or another. Um, adventure into the wizarding world as it's now called darvi i know you have thoughts and feelings on the wizarding world right now so many feelings so many feelings can you summarize your feelings i feel personally like the whole newt scamander spin-off um has been mostly a flop and has been uh reviewed as horrible by harry potter fans everywhere and so i think that they're going to do another one with a more beloved character like Hermione. Maybe they could do one about like the Weasley twins and their like days of tricks at Hogwarts. And they're gonna go for something a lot easier and sure to make money. And I feel like if they don't, then it's a huge missed opportunity because I feel like Harry Potter fans are just craving some quality entertainment within within the universe see it's it's funny because the last film came out in 2011 and i remember watching it and actually in the cinema thinking that's it that, that's that's the end of that and i always thought after a couple of years it would die down that sort of um love for it would slowly fade that has not happened at all there's people at my work who swear by it and and talk about it as like it's gospel and when I first read this, I thought when you meant about spin-off, for some reason I thought you were going to make on about um, redoing the entire franchise, which I will say J.K. Rowling 
almost feels like she wants to. Uh, she's made a lot of comments about uh, what we all thought was canon, which is no longer that. She feels like she's trying to redcon her work, and I feel like she's just going to go, you know what, blow it up, let's start again. <laughs> but I'm will admit, I would love to see um, a spin-off, especially someone like Hermione. Hermione was one of those, um, I think, connected with a lot of... Uh, audiences, especially young females. There was um, on the BBC News, I will never forget the story, this, this girl modelled her life around Hermione, being smart, being very geeky, and I thought that had a really strong message, and I'd still think it was a shame, and this is now my personal opinion, like such a fleshed out character who had a lot of emotions, a lot of layers, in the final film almost felt flat, like she was just there half the time. And that was just my personal opinion. I would love to see more of Hermione. What does she do um, during Hard Work on her own? What does she do after? And I think if you were going to build a new franchise round, she's someone who you could look at and go, yeah, this is someone you could build a franchise round. And if not her, then Voldemort would have been someone who equally you could have built a, a franchise round, for sure. Um, transportation, I think that's going to change a lot in the next um, decade. I think we're going to see more use of um, public transportation and encouragement of that, encouragement of people on bikes in cities. Um, I think that's going to grow. Um, electric scooters and bikes are already very popular. I think that's going to continue in that way. And we're going to see cities adapting more, um, taking on more of the Holland approach, which is making space for bikes and removing space for cars. But I think continuously we will see electric cars and electric planes grow. Electric planes are still relatively small. There's still a lot of issues with getting enough power in these planes to go far enough and to have big planes. Uh, currently it's only possible with very, very small planes. Um, but self-driving cars, electric cars um, will lead um, uh, personal transportation. Um, but I think that getting people out of cars as much as possible and getting them using other things, um, I think will be the continued focus of many cities and countries uh, as we go forward into the next decade. I feel like that's a big subject with stuff like global warming as well, trying to uh, attribute to that. Um, it says here that uh, London is predicted to be more like Barcelona in a couple of years' time, as well as I can hopefully see it. And, uh, a government more green focus more eco-friendly uh, for sure uh, like like you were saying about bikes taking that holland approach even uh, things like uh, singapore where they've made um the wildlife almost part of their city which is quite incredible and i would love to see that here in, in england and what about you darby do you see that happening even in america well as much as i would love that i don't see it really happening um with our current climate america's always kind of lived and died by the car yeah i mean we are a country built for driving ourselves around and we just don't have the infrastructure to deal with mass public transport in an economically feasible way unless we had some kind of a new deal-esque piece of legislation come down from dc there's just no way that we would... I mean, we're such a huge country to try and connect every single um, large city even by some kind of public transport that was greener would be a massive undertaking. And um, I, think, I think some steps are being made. They're putting in some more... Uh, 
trains down in California, I want to say. There's the San Francisco to um, Los Angeles route, but that's already had a lot of problems. That started out government funded, then ran into a lot of problems, and now is mostly being um, funded by um, corporates, essentially, who are um, very keen to get this moving. And the only other success story to run on is Florida at the moment. There's a very successful line running from the airport all the way down to um, Orlando, down um, with the air through into Miami. That's the kind of route that seemed to be doing all right. But it's that's taken corporate. Yet yeah, again, it's been corporate train companies who have spent the money and invested in that. I think expecting a, um, a government level effort um, may be a big ask. Yeah, um, as much as I would like it, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be focusing on greener transport in 2020, except possibly as greener cars. Mm-hmm. You, we might see more fuel efficient um, and hybrids and electric cars, but I don't think that we'll see green public transport in America. And something that I feel we won't be seeing much more is actually discs. So like your CD disc, your DVD disc, I can't see them happen anymore. They essentially obsolete Mm -hmm. in many ways. Most people stream, as we're talking about, video, music, um, incredibly popular. Yeah, I mean, as internet access gets faster and faster, there's less of a need for actual physical games and physical movies, um, especially talking about games because Games are now experiences which are changing all the time. You know, a game that comes out of launch looks very different these days to a game that is um, been out for a year or two. So, you know, it, it games are constantly evolving um, and changing, and especially with um, big online multiplayer games, which are ever more popular. Yeah, I think that physical media is less thing. And when Disney takes over the world and you, you watch everything on <laughs> Disney Plus, you don't need to go out and buy the movie anymore. It's true. Um, you know, onwards just dropped um, onto Disney Plus, a relatively new movie for Disney, relatively quickly. It's some of the quickest that we've seen. So if this is the way of the future, then uh, yeah, end of discs really is the is the way it's going. Yeah, and I mean, plus you hardly buy a laptop with a disk drive in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, companies aren't going to invest in new forms of disk media, you know, like Blue, like we saw from DVD to um, Blu-ray and all that, when there's just not enough use cases for it and there's not enough. There, there will always be some uses for physical media, obviously, as long as people still own physical media, whether it's old media, there will oh, yeah. always be some players around for it, you know. The... The start of the end, really, from my, from my point of view anyway, Martin. I don't know if you have a different view. I sort of share the same idea as you, Ben. Things like the PlayStation 5 and whatever the new Xbox is going to be called, I don't think they're going to be relying on discs at all. I think they'll be all digitally downloaded onto your um, onto your consoles purely because space is getting easier to make. I remember, like, I've got a terabyte hard drive into my PlayStation 4 here. I remember having 250 gigs was amazing that was groundbreaking but now i have a a terabyte and even that doesn't seem that big anymore so i I can only see as technology progresses things like the cd will become redundant Uh, a shame really because i'm someone who swears by physical copies however i'm just going to kiss that goodbye hopefully we won't have to kiss goodbye to too many people in the next decade um i i don't know whether the queen will make it over the next 10 years Darby seems to be confident. Oh, she will. She will. She and Betty White, they're going to sur- survive us all. Okay. All right. Uh, by Queen, we, of course, we mean um, uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, II. See, that one, if I remember rightly, someone in her family survived till 
over a hundred odd. Like, I think it was the Queen's mum. She was over a hundred odd. Yeah, she looks long. And so she has some good genes in it, and she's got some, probably some of the best doctors looking after her. What is she now? Late to mid nineties? Another ten years. Like here's a here's something that actually was quite jarring to me. When I spoke to my mum, I said, "How many monarchs have ruled over you?" She went, "Well, one. I'm born in 1960, the Queen, and that's it." In my lifetime, and in Ben's lifetime, and yours, Darby, we've only known one Queen in in the UK. And in some ways, when that day comes, um, I've actually watched a documentary on what actually happens. It'll be a very sad day all round, I think, in, in throughout the Commonwealth. But I feel like maybe, just maybe. She'll stand the test of time. It does feel that way, to be honest. It does feel that way. So my prediction is that more states will be added to the U.S. Um, When I was a child, I thought we had 50 because it's a nice round number, but that's not true. And 50 is completely subject to change. And the fact is, is that we have territories um, such as Puerto Rico who have been crying out for um, statehood because they currently don't have voting rights and yet they still pay tax. And so I think that within the next decade, we're going to see some of those territories, likely Puerto Rico, added to um, the US as a full state so that they can get full citizenship rights. And for sure, 50, is it could go 51, even 52. In the next decade, for sure, I feel like it will be going up to 51. And it'd be very odd for me because I've always known America with 50 states. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very odd because not only will it be odd because you'll have to remember that there are more than 50, but also the flag will have to change because of the number of stars. And you can't just tack one at the bottom. So you're going to have to completely restructure all of the stars to look nice. It's gonna be a completely new flag and it's gonna be very strange. As an American, it's gonna be very strange. I've I actually um, just been thinking the design, you know, like the uh, EU flag, the blue background with like the star. I, that's, that's what I imagine, like 51, like 50 stars around it with like one big star in the middle with the 13 stripes, obviously. That would be uh, cool. Yeah. You should submit but, your design. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at um, these sort of things, but thank you, there. That's a good vote of confidence. We'll be back in just a moment after a word from our sponsor. As we talked about earlier, LSW Minecards are a pack of 45 individually designed cards, each with a tool or task to help you increase your well-being, boost your mood, and help you move towards a more fulfilled life. LSW Mind Cards are designed to help you become more mindful of your thoughts and feelings and give you the tools that you need to take back control of your happiness, focus on the present and spread positivity throughout your life. Click the link in the description to find out how you can get hold of your cards today and see if you can take a small step to improve your life. Okay, so I think we've got a nice uh, mixture of different uh, predictions throughout the next decade. Obviously, some of these might not come true. We could be laughed at in the next ten years. So I hope you're subject to um, to that. I was going to say, and, and some of them will blindside us that we never even thought about. Mm. Absolutely, like this is the thing. No one could really predict the future. If I if I could predict the future, I'd be a millionaire and sat on an island somewhere. You know, if if I could do that. The thing is, 
the world is subject to change. In who knows what tomorrow brings alone, let alone in the next ten years. And this was just a little exercise between the three of us, just to know where our thoughts and opinions are, have a what our outlooks on life could be in, in going into the next decade. And I feel like there are a couple of things that I can definitely see happening. Like Ben said, there are things that probably will never happen. Nevertheless, I'd love to hear your opinions, and you can get in touch with us the usual ways, and the links will be in the description of this podcast. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you to my uh, presenters, Darvi and Ben. Thank you. Thank you. And also, I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Free Pixels podcast yet again. Thank you very much. As well as I predict that the Free Pixels podcast will be making another episode pretty soon, so please stay tuned for that. And once again, I'd like to say thank you very much, and goodbye. Adios. Bye. See you in the future. You're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast.